Amber LeMay is the co-mother and founder of Vermont's comedy drag troupe, the House of LeMay, and the host of Amber Live. Amber's alter ego and creator, Bob Bolliard, spent 30 years as a drag artist, performing in clubs, parties, and charitable benefits. Along with Russell Dreyer, the two created Amber Live in 2020, which streams every Sunday evening. Among her many guests, Amber has interviewed Carol Baskin from the Tiger King, Hal Sparks from Queer as Folk, and Kay Trevor Wilson from Letter Kenny. Please welcome the fabulous Amber LeMay. <laughs> well, thank you, Debbie. Thank you for having me. All the way from my basement in the old north end of Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> so... Were you enrolled in drama in school? Oh, no. I was just one of those kids. I'm the youngest of four children, so I needed attention. All right. I learned how to get that attention by performing, and it has served me well. What did your parents want you to be when you grew up? Out of the house. (laughs) And who was your role model before you chose drag as a creative path? Oh, you know, there's there's so many. I grew up in Lima, Ohio, and that's the birthplace of Phyllis Diller. So I always appreciated her just being out there. And not only was she one of the first female comedians to make a name for herself, but she was just out there and didn't care what, how she looked, what she said. She just and I just loved that about her. So I would say she was one of my influence early influences. That makes a lot of sense (laughs) from your persona as well. What was your first gig as a drag artist? Well, there was one Halloween that we just dressed up for drag for fun, as a lot of gay guys do. But then we said, well, this was kind of fun. And at the time, I and my friend Mike Hayes were part of a group called the Vermont Cares Cabaret Players. This was back in the late 80s, early 90s, and raised money for Vermont Cares, which was the AIDS advocacy organization. At the t- We were men, and we had some women in the group, and we performed and raised money for them. But Mike and I wanted to do something else. We loved to perform, and there weren't that many theatrical opportunities at the time. So here in Burlington, there were two drag queens that were making the scene, so to speak. One was Yolanda, who's a reverend Yolanda, excuse me. She's now in New York City making a big name for herself. And the other one was Cherry Tart, who portrayed this drag queen or this person as who told body jokes and sang off-key. And they both were being well-received. And so Mike and I looked at each other and said, we can do that. (laughs) And Mike says, I can sew. And I said, well, I can write good material. And so we created Amber and Marguerite, the Sisters LeMay. Our first gig was 30 years ago on New Year's Eve for a New Year's Eve party for the Vermont Gay Social Alternatives at the local Sheraton Hotel. And that night, it was our debut. We had never performed in public before. And I was on the organizing committee of the party. So I said, hey, I got some cheap entertainment for us. So that night, Mike and I, as Amber and Marguerite, the sisters LeMay, along with our good friends, Cindy Zook, and our companies, Craig Hilliard, put on a 45-minute show. And to this day, 
I'm still working with Cindy Zook and Craig Hilliard and, and Mike Hayes, who was Marguerite, experienced a stroke three years ago mm-hmm. and is no longer, well, is not able to perform right now. We're hoping things will get better, but still uh, the core of us, Cindy, Craig and I are still performing. In fact, we're performing this Saturday night. So 30 oh, cool. years together, we've been performing. How scary though was that first gig? I mean, you know, oh, you've never done it before. <laughs> you know, maybe it was the vodka. I don't know, but it, 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 it was fun. You know, we said, you know, because we had confidence, you know, we knew that yeah. we could present ourselves well and entertain and we did and people were along for the ride. So the genesis of Amber I would imagine that stems from Phyllis Diller a little bit. Yeah, you know, they say, well, who is Amber? I said, well, Amber is your favorite aunt or drunk neighbor or your drunk aunt or your favorite neighbor. You know, a combination of those two, you know, because when you're around me, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. So how how do you get and stay in that moment when you become Amber LeMay? You know, it, it's liberating. You know, Amber can get away with saying things and doing things that Bob either wouldn't do or would get slugged for. <laughs> so uh, Amber's very liberating for me. How much has your persona changed over the years in those 30 years that you've been performing? Uh, the persona hasn't changed. The look has changed many times. We used to just put on an old wig and get our clothes from Goodwill. And uh, now, and, and our makeup was horrendous. <laughs> and uh, now we take a little more effort and we've grown into it. And, and drag has changed a lot over the mm-hmm. past 30 years as well. So where did the genesis of the Amber Live program come from? I know well, you you developed it in 2020, yeah. but why that f- format? Well, Burlington, Vermont closed down on March 16th of 2020 because of COVID. On March 22nd, that's just a short six days later, I call up Russell down in New York and I go, I'm bored. <laughs> what can I do? And we said, well, we talked about, people have been doing these live, Facebook live things. I said, can I do that? He goes, well, yes, you can. And he walked me through the, the preliminaries and the basics. And so that night on the on March 22nd, I started, ask, I think it was Ask a Drag Queen. And I would sit there in my living room, dressed up with poor lighting and the laptop on my lap, bouncing whenever I moved. <laughs> and for an hour, I just talked. People would make comments. They'd ask me questions. And that happened for like three weeks. And after that, Russell said, I think we got something here. So why don't we work on some lighting, get out of your living room, (laughs) build a a studio or create a, a studio sort of, and let's see what we can do. So then we grew that and he goes, let's find some guests. And this was like in the fourth or fifth week. And, you know, people were still going, what are we doing? You know, everything. Now it's in April. And so I started talking on the show with local business owners, local entertainers, local musicians, and just finding out what are they doing? How are they getting along? How are they reaching out or releasing their creative talents? And so it started off then. And then Russell's been living in New York City for 20 years. So he had a lot of contacts in the entertainment field. So we started... He started asking his friends to come on and talk. 
And so it just grew from that. This Sunday night is our 125th wow. episode of Amber Live. Now, if you take the number of Sundays between March 22nd, 2020, and October, whatever it's going to be on Sunday, 16th, there's not that many Sundays. There's not many more than 125 Sundays. So we've put a, a show on a almost every week of that span. Wow. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. You must have been really bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't go out and get into trouble, so I had to do something. <laughs> yeah. We've really lived through interesting times. <laughs> you know, people talk about how tragic COVID was, and it was, but uh, so many people found other things to do and created things yes. and it spurred them on to do other things to find other jobs to be creative they were able to do what they wanted to do and so uh, i wouldn't be talking to you right now if it hadn't been for covid uh, yeah uh, so me me too i started this right not on 2020 but 2021 yeah it is the genesis of the covid a lot of people have like yourself have jumped into lots of creative ventures they didn't have time for before Right. So how does the drag community fit in with the LGBTQ community? Well, the drag queens, you know, there's the, uh, let's see, I, I want to play phrases properly. The history of the Stonewall riots was, you know, propagated by drag queens. Mm. And so they've always been part of that. And during the AIDS epidemic, it was drag queens who were raising money for either the victims of AIDS or AIDS organizations. And so it's when people may poo-poo drag queens, but if they need some money and want a fundraiser, who are they going to call? They're going to call a drag queen. <laughs> you know? and so I think you know the, the drag queens fit in very well with, with the gay, gay, gay immunity. I can't speak for the other letters, but for the G, drag queens fit in for very well. Yeah. And, of course, the drag, drag has been around forever. It's mm -hmm. been around for a long time, longer than people might think. And how would you explain how it has evolved over the years? I mean, it used to be right in the closet before, I think. <laughs> I think at first it was, well, there's difference between, you said you had a cross yeah, on yes. your show. That's not a drag queen. That, that's no. totally different. I, I think in the origins, well, back in the Roman and Greek plays, you know, men were in drag, portrayed the, the female parts, <laughs> the female roles, I should say. I don't know about their parts. <laughs> so well, it's you, can always stuff, been you can stuff a bra. Oh, well, yeah, they I mean, were not bras scene, then, but. <laughs> but uh, it's, al it's always been around. And I just think that with the with the advent of RuPaul has yes. upped it. People, I'm a drag queen. I'm a drag performer. I'm a drag artist. I am not a female illusionist. No. I am not a female impersonator. I am a character, and I think of that, so there's different categories of drag. RuPaul, a lot of them are female impersonators or female illusionists. They try to portray a true woman, whereas I portray a character right? who happens to look like a woman <laughs> sometimes. Just like every, every aspect, there are different, like you just mentioned, there are different segments of that overall umbrella. Now, what is your favorite thing to do besides perform? But what are what are some of the coolest things that you've done when you've been 
indirect. One of the things that we've done as the House of LeMay for the past, I think, 18, 19 years is host the Winter is a Drag Ball, produce and host the Winter is a Drag Ball, which has raised, I think, like by now, $300,000 for various AIDS-related organizations. It happens every around Valentine's Day. That's why winter is a drag ball. And it's held at the largest venue here in town, which is the Higher Ground Nightclub. They have a ballroom that holds 700 people and a lounge that holds 350 people. And we're the only event of the year where you buy one ticket and go back and forth into the rooms. And I've got entertainment going on for four or five hours in both rooms, plus dancing sometimes up to a hundred entertainers over wow. a thousand people attend and it's just a fun party and just to see that many people around enjoying themselves having fun that that's a plus raising three hundred thousand know, dollars that, yeah. that, that ain't shabby either but yeah. just to, to know that i'm not saying they're there because of us we helped make that happen and that's very rewarding Mm -hmm. And also what's rewarding is here in Burlington, it's a great large town, small city to live in that we go out some days when we're not performing and like we have the, um, the Burlington Jazz Festival once a year and that's for two weekends. We'll walk up and down Church Street on a Saturday night dressed up just saying hi to people, getting our picture taken and there was one time we were starting a walk and someone started catcalling us, calling us some not very nice names. Jeez. And like three people said, hey, shut up. Those are the LeMays. You can't talk that way. <laughs> I have no idea who those people were, but they knew who we were. That's <laughs> so awesome. We're part of the community. Every year at the Burlington City Marathon, or Vermont City Marathon, one of the most beautiful marathons in the country, by the way, we stand at the corner of Cherry and Church Street and direct traffic. The runners are coming up the street and then they're going down the street and we're there separating them, directing traffic in drag. And we've done that for 11 years now. And so many times people will stop during the race and get a picture with us or throughout the year, we'll be at another event and someone will come up and say, come up and say I run the marathon and I can't tell you how much it means to me when I'm tired and willing, almost ready to give up. And I see you guys there, it just makes me laugh and gives me energy and keeps me going. I think they just want to run away from us, but I'm not sure. <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. It is. It, I don't know where else in a, a town this size that we could do what we do. How big is the town where you live? 48,000. Really? Know? The metropolitan area is probably 150,000, but we're right up on uh, Lake Champlain, beautiful Lake Champlain. You look across the lake and there's the Adirondacks, beautiful sunsets every night. And then the sun comes up over the Green Mountains right behind us. So there's not a lot of room to grow, but there's 150,000 people crammed in the vicinity. There's a lot of, I don't know how to do say it diplomatically, but there's a lot of pushback here in Canada. And I think it's, I've seen stories in the U.S. as well, where you've got drag queens wanting to re improve, help with literacy and read to children. And you're getting this certain segment of the community pushing back on that. I did a show two weeks ago with we featured bakery in Illinois that that was vandalized because they were going to host a, a drag queen brunch, a family friendly, friendly drag brunch. I also had representatives from Vermont and the New York City drag queen story hour telling about how people have been protesting them. And then I had a Barbie Wire from New, New Orleans whose drag event, they were ready to go on stage and they were shut down and told to leave because there was armed poor proud boys out in oh the parking lot. 
And so I did a whole show on that. And it is happening. And Pete Buttigieg, I saw him the other day talk about it. And he says, you know, what else do those people have? They can't offer any suggestions to improve <laughs> life for others. So they have to pick on people they think that are weaker than them. And I think we're finding out that we aren't so weak. You know, that, yeah, yeah. That, that there's some power in the pumps. So watch what you say. Well, we need a Pete Buttigieg type to kind of oh. keep us all from exploding. Yeah, yes. <laughs> to keep the cool head. Because I'm the exploding type. I'm the one that would probably go up and... Yeah, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here. Not to the drag queens, but to the proud boys. <laughs> oh, but they were armed, you know. But, so talk a little bit about the League of Drag Queen Voters. Oh, yes. Obviously, yes. that is something, speaking of politics. Oh, yes. Uh, well, several years ago, I, I think it was when President Obama or Barack Obama was running for president. We really felt we needed him. And so we created the League of Drag Queen Voters to, we, and not so much to support a candidate, but to get to people motivated to go and vote for the choice of the people they wanted to. And hopefully it'd be the people we wanted them to. And we came up with a motto is, don't blow it, vote. <laughs> and we'd go around, we've had our picture taken with Senator Pat Leahy, who is retiring. He's the most senior senator in the country right now with Bernie Sanders. We have a, a picture with Bernie Sanders. We have a picture with our, our congressperson, Peter Welch, who's going to be our next senator, the mayors of Burlington. We've had our picture taken with quite a few, Howard Dean, we've had our picture taken with Howard Dean. And they go, sure, it's Berlin, it's Vermont. They aren't yeah. going to turn down having a picture with a drag queen. <laughs> who are some of the, besides some of the people that you just mentioned, who are some other cool people that you've met along the way? Oh my goodness. You know, from my basement here in Burlington, Vermont, I talked to John Fetterman. Now, John Fetterman running for Senate in Pennsylvania. This was before, he was, he was still the Lieutenant Governor at the time, but we knew he was going to run. So we had him on the show and just fascinating man. And I uh, really enjoyed talking to him. I had Bruce Valanche on a couple of weeks ago. Now, Bruce, the name doesn't sound familiar. Bruce Valanche was in the last re reiteration of Hollywood Squares. He was the head writer and the guy in the middle who was always made you laugh. Rolly poly guy, big glasses, bad haircut. And not only did he was a head writer for Hollywood Squares, but he was also the head writer for the Oscars for like 14 years, for the Tonys, for the Emmys. Wow. He was the go-to guy who would write jokes for everybody. And he's been in movies. He's written plays. Just fascinating, great guy. I saw him a couple of years ago in person in Provincetown. And so that was great. I really enjoyed talking to him. Charles Bush. Oh my gosh. Google Charles Bush, another drag actor who did so many great things in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Just one of the most gracious men you'd ever want to talk to. And when I visited New York with to see Russell in person, we went to see Charles Bush and he took a, a tour of his apartment, which was, oh my God, it's one of those New York brownstones that you just die for. That was great. We've just talked to so many really interesting people. Oh, Carol Baskin, you know, from The Lion yeah. King. <laughs> and I, I have I, to say, I've never seen the show, but her name is like, I love her because of her, because of oh. all the... <laughs> 
Oh, people said, well, so Bob, it, did she do it? I go, well, if she didn't do it, she's the best pathological liar I've ever met because she convinced me that she was innocent. You know, just it was a fascinating, fascinating interview. We had on the guy, DJ Glenn. He was the yes. team from the tag team hip hop group. I've interviewed and, him here too, yes. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, he's there. He he's was great. great. He couldn't be more gracious or forgiving for what he did. And it was great talking to him. Dwayne Scott Cerny's one of our good friends that we found through guests. A lot of our guests say, bring, say, hey, they tell their friends, you need to get on this show. And Dwayne Scott Cerny from Chicago comes on our show and talks about antiques. He collects a lot of weird stuff. And, but he's given us a lot of Chicago people that we've talked to, talked about the history of the gay rights movement, just gay history in general. But it's just been fascinating. Talked to a guy in Australia who owns this big bakery chain. And when COVID started, he would start doing silly songs and doing silly skits. He was fun. Debbie Wildman, oh my goodness, what a story that is. When COVID started, she was bored and started singing a song on Facebook once a day for her friends. Wow. Well, whatever song, she loved Judy Garland. So she sang a couple Judy songs. Well, someone took one of her songs and recordings and sent it to a, a Judy fan page. I think it was a Judy fan page or something like that. Well. People saw it there, and last year, she toured the United States, or this year, excuse me, she toured the United States celebrating Judy Garland's 100th anniversary, 100th wow. birthday, doing shows, singing Judy in California, in Florida, Carnegie Hall. She's had wow. in just two years. And, you know, and she's been yeah. on the show twice now. And just a lovely story and a lovely person. So it's been quite a, a, a ride It's been here. quite a ride for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is there a philosophy that you live by? If not now, when? You know, <laughs> I love that. That's actually, I think Bobby Kennedy said that first. Uh, I think that's where I got it. But yeah, if not now, why? You know, when? You no, know, why not? Yes, exactly. And what's the best piece of advice you were ever given? <sighs> Excuse me, ma'am. I think you should leave. <laughs> really? <laughs> you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are a troublemaker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ever, for being on this show. It was so much fun. I, well, I have to tell you, get on amberlive.tv. We got the tickety talks going. We got the Instagram. We've got YouTube. We've got oh, almost a thousand things on YouTube, all past episodes, inter individual interviews, and some of our comedy bits. We've done songs and uh, we've done a whole schmear there. So go on YouTube, check out Amber Live, Amber LeMay Live at amberlemay.tv. And I will also have all these links Great. in the YouTube description and also in the podcast description. Oh, well, thank you so much, Debbie. Out. You're so welcome. It's so great to have you here. And we've got a lot of Canadian friends, too. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every Wednesday we do Amber Chat. And we've got Leah and Jason from, or Josh, excuse me, from Newfoundland. We've got Shilala from Manitoba. We've got a lot of people yeah. who like to watch Amber Live. That's the best part about streaming is you get people from all over the world. Yes, we do. Well, thank you very much, Debbie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.